everyone welcome to double rewind um this is our first episode of this podcast um i am here apparently i am the host today i am stephanie young and i am joined by my twin sister jillian young hi everyone yeah i made stephanie do the intro because i was like i've done this so many times and i just don't want to start out so I was, I was just like, Stephanie, please do it. And she, I was like, what are you going to say? She's like, I don't know. We'll just wing it. I feel like this episode is definitely going to be a learning experience for us. This is our first episode of doing a podcast together. Um, but just like figuring out just the flow of everything. I feel like when you start a podcast, you're kind of learning in the beginning. I've only been on a podcast twice. I was on uh, a podcast you were doing. Um, and then I was on one of my friend Mark's podcast, um, which was a lot of fun. So I've only been on two. So I've done two episodes and Jillian's very uh, good with podcasts. She's been on one and she set all this up. I just came. So like everything this, set up is this you. room. I will tell you this, me setting this up. There's so many things that we, I had to just do on the fly. We didn't have a tripod that could hold a, a, like a an iPhone so we had I had to like wedge it in between something and tape it it looks so stupid but like we're gonna get this going and we'll always make sure that we kind of get the stuff that we need but it is like a it's like a set in here like you wouldn't think and we do that because we're trying to do clips and stuff for either Mm -hmm. YouTube or TikTok so we're always gonna make sure we talk like not for the video but and this is new for me too that we're filming it yeah. Because now if I try to look, I'm going to have to watch myself and like that just makes me cringe. I, don't I know. Do that. <laughs> I like had to get up and put on an outfit and like put on like a little makeup because I was like, I, I got so lazy in my last podcast and I was like, I need to at least like put some sort of effort if I'm into this. I feel like what I'm going to just start doing is I, I watch and listen to the morning toast all the time and they're always in like sweatpants and the comfiest of outfits. So every time I come here, I just want to be in like a big sweatshirt and sweatpants to be like them. (laughs) We don't need to be dressed up here, especially because I mean, it's mainly a podcast, but you know, we want to do video clips and stuff for TikTok and YouTube and whatever. So yeah, this is it. (laughs) So as I said before, so this is double rewind. So the premise of this is we did double. We are identical twin sisters. Yeah. Um. So we kind of wanted to bank off that a tiny bit since no one else can kind of bank off that unless you're an identical twin. Um. So the object kind of of this podcast, Double Rewind, is it's us. And what we're doing is it's kind of it's entertainment based. But what we're doing is we are going back and forth and viewing things that we should have viewed a very long time ago. We are both really big film fans. So, for example, like we watch a lot of movies, but there's always going to be things that we have not watched and that we should have. Um, Here's an example that I've never done is that I... I watch movies all the time. I'm the huge film person. I love writing about film. I've never seen Jurassic Park. Yeah, me either. So (laughs) so this is the thing with this podcast is like things that we should have seen like a while ago. And it's almost like a first reaction to we're 27 years old to a 27 year old finally seeing stuff that they should have seen in the past. And we're going to do it in like, Stephanie's definitely seen stuff that I haven't that I should have watched that are Mm -hmm. like classics and stuff the other way around. And then there are some stuff that like we haven't both watched, like the example, The Godfather. We're going to have to do it. (laughs) for an episode yeah we're gonna have to do it Um, i feel like no matter what like i don't know whether i like it or not but i'm afraid if i don't that we'll get so much hate on the podcast that like we'll have to stop (laughs) no i mean if people give us hate it is what it is i'm sure there's people in this world that don't like the godfather i feel like we've just like 
not that I think it's not going to be good, but it's like for some reason it hasn't piqued my interest to see it, but then people are going to be like, why haven't you seen it? So this is kind of what Double Rewind is. Rewinding to kind of things that we should have seen, like reactions of like me asking Stephanie to watch something, her Mm -hmm. reacting to it for the first time as a 27-year-old when she might have should have seen it like 10 plus years ago, and the other way around. So it's going to be back and forth, but also some... Uh, movies, shows, it's not just movies. It could really be right. movies, shows, could even be music sometimes, could be animated is what it is. But for our first one, we're going to do um, film. A so movie. Yeah, so I figured we would talk a little bit about ourselves, though, um, just like our journeys of how we got into film, entertainment, music, just everything, because I feel like it's good to get to know your podcast hosts. And, you know, we're identical twins, but we definitely also have different interests. Um, and at least, well, we used to have like the same exact interests. We're like very up. different now. Yeah, now we're very different. We used to be like very identical interests now. And I think that's what'll make this fun is like our different viewpoints, even though we're identical, we're we're not the same. We're not always yes. the same. Let, let's, yeah, honestly, that's like, if you get anything out of the podcast, just get that twins aren't the same people. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> I mean, people know that now when we went off to college and we had our different friend groups. It only but... took 18 years. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, honestly. But okay, so a little bit about us. Why don't I, I mean, this can be a conversation, but obviously Stephanie and I love film. We love TV. We just love media, entertainment, big award shows, people like we always have been. Um, I went to school for at Monmouth. We both went to Monmouth, but Mm -hmm. I went for um, communication, but specifically in TV and radio. Stephanie went the education route. I went English and education, but I minored in screen studies. Yeah, which I wasn't allowed to do. Why? Mom's, our mother. <laughs> you're like you're like your advisor, our, you're like, mom. Our mother said that, so you were teaching, so you were like, I wanna do film studies as a minor, cause you could, so then she's like, oh yeah, cause you can teach film. And it's like books, like right. whatever. I was like, yeah, mom, I wanna do film studies too. And obviously I can do whatever I want, but sometimes you get peer pressured by parents. She's like, no, you shouldn't. And I'm like, but I'm a, I'm a TV radio major. She's like, no, you, you should do something more practical. And I'm like, cool. So okay. I didn't do film studies as a major, but I took film studies classes because I just like, at that point I was like, I'm going to do whatever I want. But like, what, what are you into? Like, we're going to talk, so, what are like your favorite movies, your favorite kind of okay. genres? So it's like, funny that whatever. you said like, we're big film TV people. I low-key don't like TV. Oh yeah. Now you don't like TV. <laughs> like there's certain TV shows I like, but like, I don't know. I'm not a huge TV person. I'm way more movies. Um, so regarding like my movie interest, so I was into it ever since I was young. We can talk about our shared experience in a second. Yeah. <laughs> but ever since I was young, I just loved going to the movie theater, watching movies um, up until high school, all that. And then when I got to college, I found out like I could write for newspapers and online columns and all that. And I asked all the people like, can I do like a film column and write film reviews? So I've been writing film reviews since the second year of college, which is like 2015 so that's like like eight years I've been writing film reviews and I have a film Instagram I'm sure we'll plug things later yeah we're gonna plug (laughs) stuff at the end but shameless um, plugs yeah so I've always been a big movie person I will watch absolutely anything which is good absolutely anything but I think but the godfather (laughs) you're like you draw the line I, I will even if I don't think I'm gonna like things I will watch anything um so, uh, yeah, like, I love, I think my favorite genres are just drama and, like, and horror, honestly. I think yeah. horror is completely, it's not underrated at all, but it's underappreciated by the industry in well, the sense of, like, awards and all that. Yeah. One, pretty much one of my favorite genres. Um, but it's also at the same time, like, 
there are a lot of people who just don't like scary things, so they're not going to watch scary movies. So it's like, Get that's the type it. of genre where people are like, well, I'm scared of it, so I'm not going to watch it. You can't really oh say gosh, that about other up. ones. I have my own opinions, but like, get over it. Get over it. It's a movie. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so I guess I'll just say, I have, I'll just say a couple of my favorite movies. So For sure. I watch everything, um, but my favorite movies, I think there's four. I'm just going to name the ones on my name letterbox. letterbox. On my letterbox. Four. That's what I was going to It's, um... Babe, uh, about the little pig. Yeah, Five Hundred Days of Summer, Donnie Darko, a huge one, and then my favorite film of all time is one that came out three years ago. No one saw it. It's called Words on Bathroom Walls, and it stars Taylor Russell and Charlie Plummer. Um, and it's amazing. It made no money because it came out during COVID. It is the greatest movie that's ever been created. I love that we have. For like my top four on Letterbox, and it's it's hard to do a top four, but like they're completely different. Yeah, I do like the movie. Like I like all of the movies yeah, that you that I have said, liked, but not my favorites. Mm-hmm. But like, um, I will. I do want to say how you and I got into film and that story because okay, yeah, it's the same for both of us, which is crazy. Well, yeah. people won't think it's crazy because we're identical twins, but like it just is what it is. It's so, because the movie is just it's cinematic masterpiece. So Stephanie and I went to go see so I will say the movie that turned us on to film and we maybe we were like 10 at the time I don't remember yeah. that movie was Bridge to Terabithia and I can't it's not because it's the greatest movie of all time but I remember Stephanie and I went into the theater we saw the movie and of course we read the book in school like pretty much everyone read the book in school yeah. and we came out of the movie and like internally and we didn't speak to each other about this until years later yeah we like i felt like i was like oh my god like i that was amazing i felt so much and i didn't realize film could do that that was my turning point of like i love film and from then i was on the same and you were the same way but we never talked about this until years later yeah and i you asked me i i said like oh i remember when and i love film so much it was my first experience was bridge to terabithia and it was just one of those like i remember i remember being in the theater and i was just like tr- literally transformed as a person not I even going to be dramatic because film is my life now and it's all thanks to that movie yeah it just made me feel so many things and it's like it's so funny that we we both didn't like tell each other until yeah. later but that's that's such a weird film to get people into film but we were very young and we really just loved it it's it's unreal yeah i have to watch it again but like it makes it's me not- it makes me ball and it's not i don't ball when i find out like everyone knows like leslie dies i don't even ball during that part it's a million other parts that yeah. I, I just i just cry yeah there's <laughs> a lot in that movie i'll go to my favorite movies okay. so <sighs> top four so no, this isn't in any order but um, I love Freaky Friday. Freaky mm-hmm. Friday is an amazing film. I don't care that it's it's not quality here, but it has it shaped me. Oh when my god, I was it's younger. not. It is quality. It's it is. Quality. It's not even a joke though. Like it's yeah. a quality movie. So I love Freaky Friday. Um, the I newer love, one with Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, the new not one the with Lindsay one. Lohan. Why do I feel like I'm forgetting my letterbox now? Oh. Um, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Harry Potter will always be my favorite franchise ever. And that is my favorite one. Everyone shits on it on the internet, which I don't get because it's like, oh, Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, it's I thought you were saying Harry Potter. No, it's known known that people hate Chamber of Secrets and put it so low on their list. And I was like, what? But then my friend Ryan, I had told you, he watched all of them this weekend. He thought Chamber of Secrets is the best one too. So I'm like, there's hope in humanity Mm -hmm. here. So it's Harry Potter, Freaky Friday, 
Um, Back to the Future. Back to the Future is probably, it's either probably like one or two in terms of my favorite films. I love Back to the Future with all of my heart. I'm obsessed with it. I've always loved it and I'll watch it. The first movie. I mean, all the movies are good, but the first one. And then my last one, which just came out last year. So it's crazy. It's in my top four is Barbarian. Barbarian is one of the greatest films I've ever seen. Like for me personally, like I have in a long time have not seen a movie and just been like, oh my God, that was amazing. And it's in my top four. It's a scary movie. I've seen it three times. I make everybody watch it. The people I care about, I'm like, please watch it. And it's always gotten pretty good reactions. So Barbar- I am Barbarian's number one fan. You I definitely will take are. a job as their PR marketer or whatever. Yeah. I am obsessed with that movie. And the thing is, all four movies that you mentioned, I love too. Yeah. So it's like, we have differences, but I think when it comes to our core values. Yeah, the core <laughs> values. pretty similar. Yeah. So that's kind of, I mean, I will also say you're not into TV. I watch a lot of shows just because it's like, I guess I have the time sometimes and I just want to like experience TV. I am also very into anime. Stephanie's not into anime. Well, she's never really tried it. I'm like, I like, I like, um, I don't think it's considered anime movies, but like anime movies, like obviously Studio Ghibli. And then I've watched a couple like Your Name and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And that is anime. It's but just it, not but shows. It's a movie. It's, it's a movie. I will, I I can't. I can't with shows. I can't. Well, we're gonna make Stephanie time. watch at least one yeah, show, like at a some couple point episodes. But I don't have the time. <laughs> yeah, but so very much. I'm I'm very balanced in terms of movies, shows, and anime. You're very movie related, but that's totally fine. I think that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. So that's a little bit about us. Um, maybe at some other time we could talk about our favorite shows. I feel like we definitely want. Yeah, get I'll into- have to like really think about it because zero come to mind yeah (laughs) (laughs) favorite shows yeah so we might have not mentioned this before but um first episode stephanie picked a movie for me to watch that i've never seen well i've never seen any of the installments yeah and that was mission impossible yes um so i mean i'm not a huge guru here like i i watched all of the mission impossibles two years ago two years ago okay so Um, not that long yeah so it wasn't it's not like I've I've watched these ten years ago. Um, but I had Jillian watch the first one. I had never seen. Do you know I? Tom Cruise was like a foreign entity to me until like a month ago. I'd never seen any of his movies until I finally watched the first Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick. I he was like a foreign entity to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, but yeah. So we watched Mission Impossible. We watched the first one. Um. What'd you want to say about it? Or yeah, let's. We you wanted, wanted to give a little bit of background in the yeah. film. Yeah. So I definitely did this research afterwards. Well, kind of before too. But at the same time, excuse us sometimes reading stuff. I feel like we're getting used to it, but we want to make sure that we get it. So, um, Mission Impossible was made in 1996. It was an American action film directed by Brian De, De Palma, and it was produced produced and starring Tom Cruise. So I didn't know this was based off of a TV series. That's how little. I knew about Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. So it was based off of a TV series. Um, and the plot of it, if you don't already know, it says when U.S. government operative Ethan Hunt and his mentor Jim Phelps go to, go to, I'm so sorry, go to, could, you go on it. a covert assignment that takes a disastrous turn. Jim is killed and Ethan becomes the prime murder suspect. Now fugitive, Hunt recruits brilliant hacker Luther Stickle and maverick pilot Franz Krieger, Krieger, Krieger. (laughs) 
to help him sneak into a heavily guarded CIA building to retrieve a confidential computer file that will prove his innocence. Can I'm I, so sorry. Can I say what my little plot of it was? For sure. The font is so <laughs> small. We're still getting it. Okay, so, so sorry. this is like the first five minutes. So if you haven't seen it, so Ethan Hunt is part of the IMF force, which is the Impossible Mission Force. So they get recruited to go to Prague and someone is trying to steal the CIA NOC list. So this is a list that says all of the spy and their alias names and then their real information. So if that ever got out, these people would be in horrible danger. Right. So they go to try to get it because someone's trying to steal it and they realize that another force, the same, like another IMF force is there to try to find a mole within their um, their group. So it was all a setup and then everyone ends up dying except for Tom Cruise. So essentially- oh, we kind of just gave away everything. But again, it's like, if you're it's listening to this- in the first five this, minutes. I know. If you're listening to this, expect us to say spoilers because yeah. these are things you you probably should have seen 10 yeah. years ago. <laughs> but it's, it's the first five minutes. And then, so essentially there's two things that need to happen. He needs to figure out who the actual mole in the organization is. And then he needs to make sure that this list doesn't get out. Yes. That's essentially the whole idea of the movie. Yeah. So apparently there were numerous efforts by Paramount to create a film adaption of the TV series until Tom Cruise... Um, founded Cruise Wagner Productions, and he decided he wanted to make Mission Impossible like the inaugural project. Um, so then, of course, Brian De Palma came on to direct and um, also designed some of the action scenes, and Tom Cruise does his own stunts, which is also something that I feel like I knew, but I kind of forgot until like mm-hmm. I actually saw Tom Cruise movies. Um so we can kind of talk about a little later what the reviews are and stuff. I figured like Stephanie's going to kind of lead this conversation because she's seen the movie. Mm-hmm. This was my first reaction seeing the first Mission Impossible um, a week ago. So I'll let you kind of guide the conversation. What you want to ask me in my experience with Mission okay. Impossible. I had like three kind of major things. Sure. Okay, so the first one, you went over a little bit, but I was saying that this is your for one of your first movies with Tom Cruise in it. Yeah. So like, what did you think of him as like an actor? Or what did you, you know, yeah, what did you yeah. think of Tom Cruise in general? Well, so I actually forgot to mention I'd seen him in Magnolia last week, which is a mm-hmm. crazy different character than he is in Top Gun. Like, it's so crazy. I could see his character in Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick. And then you see him in Magnolia, which is by Paul Thomas Anderson directing mm-hmm. that. I don't know if anyone's seen that, but he's a very different character in that um I mean I loved him in Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick like I don't know I think I liked him even more in the regular Top Gun just because of mm-hmm. course he's coming back and it's a sequel and I feel like you really get to learn more about his character in the original yeah um in terms of an actor for this one I feel like it was kind of the same vibe I mean Mission Impossible is like an action spy film of course Tom, um Top Gun Maverick is also I guess like an action yeah action Did you say action? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Action drama. Yeah, so I feel like I had already experienced him in, like, these movies where, like, crazy shit happens, especially, like, Top Gun Maverick, where it's, like, it's almost like Top Gun Maverick was, like, a Mission Impossible as well, the, the, um, the new one. Like, their mission was, literally could have been impossible. Right. So, um, I think he did a great job in this movie. I mean, it's definitely, like... This movie is definitely insane where like all of these things happen and you're like, this could never happen, but it's so funny. And the fact that he's doing these stunts, I think he did a great, like a great job for, you know, Mission Impossible Tom Cruise. And I have enjoyed him in the movies that I have seen thus far. And it's funny because I hadn't seen Tom Cruise in any movies up until the last 30 days or 60 days. Yeah. What's crazy about this movie that I 
I mean, it's not as much what I realized, but the first movie is if you're going to mission into Mission Impossible and you have the idea, you know, Tom Cruise action spy movie, you're going to go into this and be like, okay, like this is kind of going to be the same vibes as like, oh, you know, going into like Fast and the Furious and like this plot is pretty convoluted. And yeah. it's not, it is not super straightforward. Like this is a very easy sit down, text on your phone type of watch. You would think that if, you know, like in your world, you're like, oh, Mission Impossible, those kind of movies. The first one is you must sit, watch it and figure it out. It's not an easy, like, oh, I'm going to be on my phone. Can and I make all a that. confession? Actually, when I first started this movie, I was so tired. So I started mm-hmm. it at like 930 at night. I was like dozing off and I was like, I don't really understand what's going on. And I was like, it's probably because I'm tired. And then I read about, I stopped the movie because I was like, I got to redo this. But I looked up that the the people said the plot was convoluted. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I wasn't like too tired. Like, it's just so fucking confusing. Mm -hmm. But I mean, when I did actually, I restarted the movie. I gotcha. A few days later. um, And it's, it is kind of convoluted, but not as much. If you're actually paying attention, which I was actually paying attention, mm-hmm. and I started the movie way earlier yeah. in the night. As you go further into the movies, this this one is definitely to me the most convoluted. Like really, as okay. they go, as they go forward, they kind of make me feel more of like you know going to the movies blockbuster spy movie. Okay, which does not in any sense make them any lesser than because they're all really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it was a. It's one it of those things kind of that, convoluted. And yeah. names. I'm so bad with names. Oh, yeah. In movies. Too. So, like, people mention someone. I'm like, who the hell is that? Gotta go to IMDb because I gotta figure out the names. I'm terrible with names. And I think that's yeah. what gets me so confused sometimes. Okay. So, the next thing I wanted to say was um, there's a very famous in this, but in all of them, um, there's, like, Mission Impossible is known for, like, what's the one, what's that one stunt? In the movie that, like, if you say, like, oh, this Mission Impossible, people are like, oh, that scene. I know exactly what you're talking about. So this had a really interesting heist scene. So I wanted to ask you, how did this this heist scene compare to other heist scenes in movies you have seen? Did you think it was effective? Did you think it was better than You're talking about when, like, the the whole helicopter thing. No, I'm oh, t- the no, heist no, no. in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So what he's trying to do is, at one point, he's trying to get the li- the CIA list. Oh, like okay. Yes, so he has from to- the from this computer system that you know has all yeah. the security, and he has to get past security in order yeah. to get it. So that's the big like heist scene. So what did you think about it compared to other heist movie scenes? So I feel like if you ask me what movies I've seen with heist scenes, it's like I probably have movies I've seen, but. I think this was the most entertaining part of the movie for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the whole beginning and figuring out, that, you know, there was a mole and there's all, all of his team gets killed, everything. Like, I was, I was at a point where I was kind of like, this is like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, this is fine. The heist I thought was really, really interesting because I mean, he gets these hackers to help him. There's so much security in this building where like they show how a guy has to do like a retina scan and Mm -hmm. he has to like do a voice scan, like everything like that. And you're thinking like, how are they ever going to get in here? Mm -hmm. And then you realize they're like, we got to go through the vents. But the vent has like those, you know, like the red cross lines that if if you pass it, it's definitely going to, yeah, it's definitely going to go off. And you're like, how are they going to do this? And it's, I mean, obviously he gets in there and he comes down from the ceiling, which like was an anxiety inducing. Yeah. Anxiety inducing. And then of course, as he's going down, like the guy comes in at one point, so he has to pull him up, right? 
Yeah. So he pulls him up, which is like, okay. And I don't know. It could be that, like, the guy maybe couldn't have seen him. It was a little high up, but, um, yeah, it was really great. And, like, but when the point when the guy leaves and he's getting, trying to get the list, and the guy slips because he sees, like, a rat in the vent. When mm-hmm. I, I saw the rat, I was like, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. So he sees the rat. He drops Tom Cruise, but, like, just to the point where, like, he's almost on the ground yeah but the thing is with the room is like you also if the temperature goes up like a degree yeah there's one like a degree huge, yeah there's like a huge like people have like a conniption and like the thing goes off and it's the security goes off because it notices that something is off from the nobody being in that room yeah this was one of the most anxiety inducing heists i've ever seen but the fact that like I bet they had to do that shot so many times mm-hmm. because he probably, like, his arms and legs were so close. Like, he definitely hit it at one point. They're like, oh, we got to redo. And it's like, I'm wondering how many times it took to do that scene. I feel like it's one of the, I could be totally wrong, but it makes me think of, like, one of the OG, like, we're going to drop someone from a ceiling and, like, right before they hit the bottom, like, it stops. Like, yeah. I feel like that's, like, almost the OG of it. Um, to give you a couple other heist like scenes that maybe you can compare it to, there was a really good one in the new zombie movie, Army of Darkness. You know, there's one in Inception. Um, there's one in, you haven't seen it, but there's like a heist sort of for good time, but it's more of like with a person. Okay. (laughs) Um, And of course there's like the Ocean Eleven series. I don't know if you've seen that. And those are heist Yeah, yeah. And the heist and like catch that kid. Oh my gosh, you're <laughs> like, right. Yeah. So heist scenes are, there's even one in the Death Cure, the Maze Runner, the last one. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. so there's like some great ones, but I feel like this is one of the OG, like we're gonna drop you from the ceiling and like, you know, yeah. um, all of that stuff. Um. So yeah, that's definitely, uh, I wanted to ask you about the heist scene compared to other that ones. That was my favorite scene. I mean, I think the last scene was also really great, mm-hmm. but definitely one of my favorite scenes. Like, I don't need to have all these crazy shit happening in action films. Like when it's something like, it's anxiety inducing. Like I was saying, like I'm so hooked, and those are my favorite type of scenes. It wasn't even like him almost hitting the floor that was making me so nervous. It's like it was showing like it was 72 degrees it has to be at, and if it goes to 73, the alarm goes oh, off. Yeah. And it was getting to like 72.8, 72.9, and, and I'm sitting there and like, oh my god, he's sweating, and it's about to drop on his glasses. Oh, his sweat, and is then he's drop. like, oh, and he pulls yeah. out his hand, and it drops, and I was like, it's when the second like little sweat drop comes, you're like. He's so done for. Yeah, it's one of those, like, so many things are going wrong all at once. Yeah, it's crazy. I haven't seen this movie until now. And I was like, oh mm-hmm. my god. Um, And then the last thing I wanted to ask you. So the first time I saw this, um, and it showed directed by Brian De Palma. I'm like, what? Brian De Palma did this movie? And if you don't know Brian De Palma, he's done, like, Sisters. He did the, the 70s Carrie. He did Dress to Kill. Um, and he does Scarface, but like, it's crazy. I saw Brian De Palma. I'm like, that is the last person I would expect to do like a Mission Impossible. Yeah. Um, so I was asking like, because he did this, um, do you think that it was different than what you thought it was going to be? Um, how did you think he did? And can you see any differences between like this kind of spy movie with Brian De Palma directing it as opposed to, you know, like any other spy movie. Well, that's the thing. I think out of the movies you mentioned, I've only seen Dress to Kill from him. Mm -hmm. What are the other movies from him? He did the Carrie, the 70s Carrie. Um, Oh, the 70s one. He did Scarface, which I haven't seen. 
Maybe that's another People will one. kill me for that. I haven't seen it. We gotta um, do that. And then uh, he did another movie, Sisters, which is kind of the same vibe. Is almost like Dressed to Kill. Yeah. Um, I guess I can't say I'm surprised just because I feel like I've only, I don't have a lot of experience with him. Mm-hmm. But I, I do know kind of like I've heard of those films and kind of how people have talked about it. So I guess it is interesting for him to do like a Mission Impossible because it definitely is... A different type of vibe like it's mm-hmm. more like crazy and like I mean it's of course like action and like somewhat drama mm-hmm. but I, it's very exaggerated and it's yeah. like definitely more of like a blockbuster type and based on the movies he's made it doesn't seem like he'd be like a blockbuster person but do you think Mission Impossible was supposed to be a blockbuster at that point like probably maybe because it was a television series and it goes to film but I'm interested if it like, once they kept going and going and going, it started to become more of a big blockbuster I feel like franchise. the first one was still supposed to be a blockbuster. Okay. They just have more of a kind of, like, sophisticated director behind it. Um, I feel like it, it definitely had all the aspects of a blockbuster, but I feel like it was, like I said, like, a little bit more sophisticated and complex because he was not only behind the camera, um, but, you know, I think he helped, I think he wrote it. Don't quote me on that. Brian De Palma. I think he definitely helped or was in some kind of writing process. I can't imagine if he wasn't after seeing the movie. Um, But yeah, I wanted to ask you about him because I was shocked when his name came up. I'm like, I feel like I'm going to be in for something so much different than I expected. And I kind of was. That's so funny you said that because when I told Julie and I was watching Mission Impossible, he's like, I've never seen it. But I looked and I was like, Brian De Palma. Yeah. So like he had the same exact reaction. So that's so interesting. But also cool that like a director can like really expand and do something that they've never done. Yeah. All the movies, aside from like, one director doing maybe like two or three of them they're all kind of done by a different director like oh the, really the i was second, gonna ask that. i think the second one is and then the third one's done by a different one and they kind of change directors as they keep going on the last one to come out was fallout yeah yeah that, well, i saw that in seven theaters. i think the seventh one is the new one okay the yeah. one that hasn't the come one that out yet? hasn't come out yet. okay but yeah so i Two years ago, I watched all of them in order to go see Fallout in theaters. And by the time I watched all of them and I got to the theater, I was so excited. And before I saw them, I was like, okay, I'm sure I'll go see Fallout. But I'm like, how? You can't see movies anymore, like franchise movies, just to go in and be like, oh, I'll go with my friends. Like, you have to be excited about it. You got to watch all of them. So, unless it's Marvel. Because, like, if you're, I don't expect you to see 57 movies before you go see another one if your friends are inviting you for a night out. (laughs) But I was going to ask you, like, do they get better as they go on? Or, like, do they kind of have more of a different vibe? Like, I wouldn't say better in the sense because I think the first one is really good. Um, But, I mean, I'm sure everyone has different favorites of them. Yeah. I don't think necessarily... I wouldn't be like, oh, wow, this one sucks. This one's way better. I think it all has to do with preference, um, but they're all very good. The reason why I was asking, because, like, people think the first Top Gun is kind of average, and then Top Gun Maverick, they're like, oh, my God, it was amazing. It is only two I'm, movies compared to, Right, like but seven. I was wondering if because, like, one started in 1996, and now there's one coming out in 2023, it's like, does it get to a point where once you get to newer ones and there's better technology and stuff, like, does it get better? So you're saying it it's kind of more like a stagnant run across all of the films. I think so because when it comes to action movies, yes, you have more technology as you progress through the years, but when all is said and done, like if you can do stunts in the, whether it's the first movie or the eighth movie, I feel like the stunts and the writing is a major thing that makes Mission Impossible really good. So yes, you can have more technology, but 
I wouldn't say necessarily that just because one was 1996 and one was, I think it was 2019 when it came out or something like that. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say like one is better than the other. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I was just really curious. Yeah. Um, but do you want like my reaction of the film? Yeah. So just your general, <laughs> what did you think of your experience first time seeing Mission Impossible? Yeah. Saw Mission Impossible in 2023 as a 27-year-old when it came out in 1997. Um, 1996. So sorry. Yeah. I said 1996. <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah. I said 20. Okay. Yeah. So I will say halfway through the movie, I was kind of like, you know, this is like a three, three and a half type mm-hmm. movie. Like, I like You're it. saying out of five. Yeah, out of five. <laughs> Imagine but, you were just like out of ten. Yeah, no. But I think it's that in the beginning, I was kind of like, you know, this is interesting. But like, I was like, where's like, where is it going to grab me? Like, I, gotcha. I just. So it was definitely more average, I feel like, in the beginning. And which is weird because like, that's where the whole, you find out basically what the structure of the film is going to be with what happened. But it wasn't until that last, like, type of scene with the helicopter going into the tunnel which was crazy so the climax of yeah the, the climax <laughs> but it's like like all climax i just pictured them trying to put a helicopter in like the lincoln tunnel and that's like what it looked like where it's like there's no way that helicopter could like be in there but because it's so crazy and like so like almost exaggerated and like stupid it made me so it made I was laughing I was like this is amazing like Mm -hmm. it was that and when he jumps from like the train to the helicopter where it's like obviously you're not gonna make it and you would absolutely get wrecked if Mm -hmm. you fell but he was able to do it and it's so funny that it's like of course you know he's gonna do it but you're like there's absolutely no way that this should be an actual thing that whole concept of it just being out of this world and crazy to me I was like oh this is a four this is just this is awesome Mm -hmm. like I was laughing and like at the same time so yeah you know I would say this film would for me experiencing it for the first time it was like a four out of five stars and yeah that ending climax really pushed it to the four for me which I wasn't gonna I, I wasn't I didn't see it coming to be honest yeah I had it a four out of five too um the cool thing is like we kind of said before so Tom Cruise does all his own stunts for these movies which a lot of people categorize him sometimes as like one of the last great movie stars in the sense of you know like doing doing it all like directing yeah. producing maybe doing some writing stunts and all that um before I don't remember what it was before but before I went to go see a movie in theaters, they did actually a behind the scenes. It actually might have been Top Gun. They did a behind the scenes of the big stunt in the new one. And oh it showed gosh. him preparing for it. So it's in the trailer so you can see it. But yeah. So he is on a motorcycle and he just drives off a cliff. Like a oh, huge okay. cliff. And they just actually show him. He's driving a real motorcycle going off a real cliff. He doesn't know if like the motorcycle is going to hit him at any point like going down or it was they showed like the behind the scenes of it and i'm just like this man is just better than others <laughs> just in the sense of like i really do think he is one of the last great movie stars in the sense of not necessarily like acting talent um even though he definitely just being has so that. involved just in the process. so involved and just he's also known where top gun they were going to actually put it out um way earlier and he was like no like i want to make sure everyone is seeing this in theaters in the right way And to me, that's commendable because, you know, he already has millions and millions of dollars. He didn't have to do that. But he's like, this this is kind of my vision. I want it to be like this. And I really respect that. Yeah. I mean, I I really think it's 
amazing. He does his own stunts. I mean, I'm I'm wondering how he got into that. Like, what is it? The first movie, he's like, you know, I don't want a stunt double. I want to do it. Like, do then they have to bring almost stunt people in to show him how to stunt? Because you can't just be like, I'm going to stunt it myself. And then, like, you just know what you're doing. Like, I'm wondering yeah, I'm what sh- that I'm process sure they ha- is. Yeah, I don't know what that process is either. But, yeah, so that, I kind of want to know what that is because, you know, like, and it might just be him being like, oh, trial and error. Hopefully I don't die on this take. Yeah, and it's like, I feel, did he want to start? Because he's like, I just want to be an elite movie star. I want to be able to do everything. He or might just be an adre- adrenaline he, he must be because you can't just, you have to be. I yeah. feel like you, you can't just be like, oh, you know, maybe I'll just do it for this movie. It's like, no, you kind of have to be that yeah. adrenaline junkie. But. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so... I mean, I should probably ask you this, but I feel like we should start doing this unless you don't have an idea. But I feel like it should be live where you tell me what we're doing next episode. Okay. Yeah, we're going to do that. If you want to do it next time. that on me yeah, right if now. If you don't have so one, we can do it next time. But For it'd be sure. cool to have like you like tell Stephanie, me what we're what seeing while everyone's listening. And of course, if there's one we both need to see, we can just like announce it. But yeah, that's a that's a good point. But again, for like everyone listening, I guess. Where it's like it could be movies, TV, you know, music, whatever. But yeah. Yeah, so just a little bit of background and what other people thought about Mission Impossible when it came out. So it was released theatrically um in May of 1996. So the film apparently received like mixed to positive reviews and it kind of comes from praise from the action sequences and also Brian De Palma's direction and Tom Cruise but also the convoluted plot I feel like is what gave it kind of its negative reviews at the same time which I can kind of understand if it's like you're building but if you're building it off a tv show and you're like it already has this type of audience and then the plot you're like this is weirdly convoluted it's like that's your effort. So I'm to- kind of surprised though, because in 1996, I think people had a lot more of like attention spans to really sit down and like digest a movie where I feel like nowadays, like if this came out nowadays, people would just be like, oh, I can't do it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, it's a but, short, it's pretty short. But to me, that's weird. Cause I feel like it's almost 1996, 20, well, 26 years ago, I feel like people like were down for that, but like if they're giving it like positive but kind of like negative at the same time if that's the reason i'm like okay, i mean it could whatever. also just be whenever you make something out of it could be a book a television show like people who love it are very critical of what's about to come out like this isn't like an original concept it was mm-hmm. based on the television show um but it was the third highest grossing film of 1996 do you know what number one was no i just oh, saw you didn't that look <laughs> no i'm sorry i just saw that it was the third highest grossing of 1996 which makes sense because it's like it, it already built a following from the tv yeah. Um, but I did, I do want to do when we do movies, if it was like a box office flop or not. So the budget for it was 80 million and it did get over $450 million. So box office success for Mission Impossible, which is like, why wouldn't it? Yeah. Reminds me of my favorite movie that I said before, Words on Bathroom Walls, where I think it was made for like 20 million and I think it made like two. It was a flop. But yeah, it's COVID. But like, it's so funny to me that my favorite movie, like no one's seen, no one knows. And it just flopped more than literally anything. They really should have done Charlie Plummer and... uh... What, what, I'm sorry, uh, Taylor, Taylor Russell. Russell. Like, they got to do them better justice. Like, these two put their hearts and souls into that movie. At the same, and they're like, we're going to release it when, you know, no one wants to at go. At the same time, like, I have so much respect for whoever just put it out there. They were just like, look, like, this is going to make no money. Um, 
No one's trying to see this. We're going to put it out during... It was the first movie I saw coming back to the theater from Which COVID. was when? Like 2021, I assume? Whenever movie theaters just started so, opening. I, I went that month that it opened and I saw this movie and I just walked out. I'm like, not only was that the best movie ever. But Were there a lot of people in your theater? <laughs> there was like two. So you and Anthony. Me and Anthony and then <laughs> like, the two. like two other people. Oh, you gotta love when you see a movie and you are literally the only people in there. Sinister. Yeah. We went to go see Sinister when it came out and it was just the two of us. And, Big mistake. And <laughs> we were just watching it. If anyone knows the lawnmower scene, like Jillian flipped out so much. She scared the shit out of me. The movie scared... Look, it wasn't even the scene. Movies. It was Jillian. It was Jillian's... I scared the shit out of myself. And then when the movie ended, I'm like, let's get the fuck out of here. Like, I was like, let's dip. I oh don't want to be here anymore. But still, like, and it's funny that we saw that by ourselves because it's scientifically proven. It's technically the scariest movie of all time. Because so they, my freak out was... They did a, yeah. a scientific, like, heart rate per, as the movie goes on and Sinister is apparently I swear I heard noises in the theater. Even though we were the only two. We were the yeah. only ones. There were noises in that theater. I love horror movies that scare the absolute shit out of me. Great movie. Yeah. So, like you said, you know, for next episode, I we will do that where I kind of announce it. Um, but yeah, honestly, like, I think Mission Impossible was a good pick from you. I feel like... A good start. Most people have seen it. Yeah. And if you haven't, like, you know what it is. You know Tom Cruise is in it. Like, you have some background knowledge of it. Yeah, I at least had a little bit of background knowledge. And it's like, at the same time, it's like... I would consider us like we're really big like lovers of film, but it's crazy how lovers of film you'll someone will be like, oh, have you seen this classic? No. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's crazy. Um, but yeah, so I think went pretty well for our first one. I mean, we're definitely gonna get better. I feel like as we go on, we'll have more discussions, um, and we can kind of figure out like where we want to go from here with the podcast. But I hope our explanation made sense. I feel like we can shamelessly plug anything that we're kind of doing on the side in terms of like our yeah. uh, projects so why don't you go first well first off I was thinking about this as we were talking but whenever I meet people or whenever I, people know me and then they meet you they always say we have similar sounding voices so I'm sorry if people listen to this and they're just like I don't know who the fuck's talking yeah. like it just sounds like the same person <laughs> is talking but like I'm That's sure fear about this well whatever like I'm sure people will get to kind of know maybe our personalities and just you know, like, I'm sure they'll figure it out. Like, yeah, I mean, figure it there out. are some other people that, it's so weird. Some people are like, Jill, you have a deeper voice than Steph. And then they'll be like, Steph, you, she has a deeper voice than Jill. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah, I, so I don't know. So it's like, we don't know. I'm hoping that, I do think our voices sound a little bit different. Like, personally, I yeah, do. Yeah, I do too. But maybe it's also on microphone. It's, oh, God. Who knows? Yeah. Um. But yeah, to plug. Um. So I, no one wants to follow my normal Instagram, so I really don't give a shit. Um, but if you want to, I have a Instagram that I'm very proud of. It's my <laughs> cinema Instagram where I review movies. I keep it very updated. I write at least one or two reviews usually weekly because I go to the movies every single weekend to see the new stuff. Um, in the past week, I uploaded four or five reviews because oh, I wow. I did virtual Sundance. So I just wrote reviews about the Sundance movies that I watched. So if you want to follow that, it's cinema Steph seven on Instagram. There's no underscores or anything. I don't think so. Oh God. Um, so cinema Steph seven and it's uh, S T E P H. Um, I update it all the time. Um, ever since I started that Instagram, um, I'm also have my Instagram reviews written on a website 
Um, it's just for movie freaks. And if you want to go to that website, it's on my description in the bio of my Instagram. Um, the guy who runs it, Surya, he lives in New Delhi. Um, so I'm really happy. Where is that? India. Oh, I thought you were, okay. New Delhi. Sorry, I added um, so yeah, he, into my mind. He uh, has the website, does a great job with it. My reviews are on there, so you can, you know, find that in my bio. But it's about the only thing I want to plug. No one cares about my personal, you know, Instagram and Twitter. So that's pretty Maybe much someone cares. If you, you really care, if you really care, <laughs> then ask me or DM me. But, you know. Or if you can't find her cinema stuff for whatever, I'm sure you link it in your bio and your personal Instagram. Yeah. Which a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people follow that Instagram. So cinema stuff, I, you know, I, I put a lot of work into my reviews and yeah. even if someone, I've had someone review and be like, I completely disagree with what you said. I'm so happy as long as you, you know, yeah, comment. Just don't be a dick about it. Yeah. But if you comment on it and we have a discussion, I remember I put the After Sun review and a lot of people like love that movie. I gave it like a three. I wasn't as big on other, as other people, but we had like a really, people actually commented and we had a nice civilized, civilized discussion. discussion. Um, if you just come at me with your review of shit, I'll probably yeah. It's it. like why? Um, why is it shit though? But yeah, like I, you I at know. least give your like give more detail. But yeah, why so I like shit. I like writing about movies, so I do my reviews there. That's about the only thing I want to plug. Nice. What about I you? I think the only thing I could possibly plug is like I just started doing like music stuff. So like I have a TikTok which I, I never use. Um. And you use it now. I use it now. But um, I love playing guitar. Um, and I, I mean, I like singing. Music is entertainment. Yeah, music is entertainment. <laughs> so I just started doing covers on TikTok. More mini covers because no one wants to watch like a full three minute thing. Um, it's really mainly just therapy for me. I like doing it. I like creating content. So I just started doing that recently. Um, I... I don't know my TikTok at. It's probably like Jillian Young 224 or something. I feel like I'll look it up for the next one, but look at next time. Yeah, I just started doing that and it's been uh it's been nice. I'm trying to put it out weekly every Tuesday and just pick songs that I like to play and learn and I'm just big into music, so that's the only thing I would plug, but like I I don't I'm yeah. also afraid of people following. <laughs> so what day of the we are recording on Monday? What day of the week is this gonna come oh, out? Oh God, now? I know. I was gonna. Do you ask. think it should be Fridays? No, I think Fridays are too crazy for people because like they're doing a lot of stuff. I feel like people mainly want to listen to stuff when it's earlier the in the week. week. Thursday? So I, I, no, I would Wednesday? say Wednesday. No, I was gonna say maybe these would go up on Mondays or Tuesdays. Well, we're recording on Monday, so then it we wouldn't have it for a week. We're doing this bi-weekly. Right. We're doing it bi-weekly, but like this isn't going to be up until um, the 13th of February. If I can get this out by, I mean, I will be able to. The social media stuff can come later. So this should be released by next week. We'll get better at basically saying like when it's going to be. And I got to create our handles for like Instagram and TikTok and everything. Mm -hmm. But this will be bi-weekly. Yeah. Because weekly is just too much. Yeah. I I have a life. I have 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 two jobs. Yeah. I got a job too. And it's... (laughs) I was working at my job. Also, oh, you know what I want to plug? Even though this will probably never matter. I work at a bakery. Oh, sure. And if you want to come to our bakery, it's high tea. Um, It's Sweet Teas, T-E-A-S-E, in Belmar, New Jersey. Um, You can come in for uh, baked goods, scones, coffee tea, or if you want to do a high tea with sandwiches and scones and desserts, uh, you can book a reservation all of the nice desserts you'll be eating are baked by me so if you hate it don't tell me and if you love it 
Let me know, but come down. Your, I can't plug my work. I work from come, home at a tech company. Come support my bakery. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, so thanks everyone for listening. Again, we'll kind of mention at, at the end of an episode what we're going to be talking about next. We're still going to figure this out. We're on like a learning curve in terms of the podcast for both of us. But um, This was fun. Yeah, it was nice. It's only my third podcast episode. Oh, I'm so used to doing this. But it's a new podcast, so it's a new cool podcast, so yeah. All right. Well, hope everyone has a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.